Welcome to the Goodish People podcast. I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Jones. This is a podcast where we have conversations that are sometimes hard, sometimes funny, sometimes awkward. As you all know, all the while, we're just trying to be good people. Although, let's be real, we're always just good-ish. Emphasis on the ish. On the ish, yes. Uh, Join us as we laugh, cry, and snort our way through our life's most pervasive and relatable conversations. Uh, The conversation this week is about dreams you had for your life and what those look like in adulthood. Uh, And we're going to be really honest about that in our lives today. So we're looking forward to it. on this podcast and in our lives, we're just out here navigating adulthood to the best of our ability. And along the way, there's going to be a bunch of carb-related coping mechanisms or any other kind of coping mechanism, but we're just trying to, we're trying to make it. Right now, I'm simultaneously drinking <laughs> wine with a Coke Zero. I have both in my hand right now. I'm sure you can picture me with them. One has a straw. I have to let the listener know that both of them are in wine glasses. It's important. <laughs> it's a vibe. It's what classy ladies do. Also, I think that red wine and the cola flavor probably go quite nicely together. They do go quite nicely. Maybe not the best for my health um, eh. physically, eh. but my emotional health right now is out of 10 out of 10. <laughs> what do they say? Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot that song was even a thing. What is that? Charlie XCX? I don't know. I don't know I don't how know. I. I don't oh know God. any people that sang any songs ever. It's not my. Is that Lana Del Rey? Forte. It's probably Lana Del Rey. Yeah, I think that's accurate. No. <laughs> I no, think her it was, music. I, I think it was on the Gatsby playlist. You know, on that that <gasps> album that was released. Oh my gosh! Totally yes. kidding. Because that Lana Del Del Rey song is, uh, "Will you still love me when I'm no longer Will young and beautiful?" And Will you still love me? It's so whiny. I mean, I like it. Don't don't get me wrong. That album slaps, but the movie I have different feelings about. Uh, but all that to slap. say, one of our favorite sayings, uh, we want to get into <laughs> stuff today. As you know, we get started with um, our version of highs and lows, and this week it's pizza and schmizza. And obviously, pizza's best, and schmizza is not best. Mm-hmm. I was going to leave that up for inference. Um, like, what would a schmizza be to you? I don't know, but all I know is that pizza's good. So if it's the other, then it's probably not as good. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Like I think when I hear schmitza, I think of like a schnitzel or oh, schnitzel's good though. You know what I schnitzel think schmitza probably is, and it's and it's heart and soul is pizza that fell on the floor, mm, or like could be. the pizza I used to serve at camp that was sitting outside in the heat for like five hours before it was actually eaten. That's schmitza. <sighs> Yeah, I would say that. I picture it on the concrete. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't want to put that on schnitzel because there's there's bad schnitzel probably in the U.S. But when I had schnitzel in Vienna, it was life changing. So I, I have to show some respect to the Viennese folks out there. I'm sure we have a lot of Viennese listeners. Okay, well, pizza or schmitzel? Let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, Do you want to go first with your pizza and schmitzel this week, or do you want me to? Oh. I'll hit you with my schmitza. Go for it. Because that's what's top of mind. We can start there and then end with the pizza. It's always better to end on a happy note anyway. You're right. And I do love pizza. Me too. So good. Well, my schmitza for the week, I would have to say, is that okay? So I have a wedding coming up this weekend. One of the 11 weddings that Ned and I have this year. Wild. Absolutely wild. 
if you're listening to this and you're my friend and you're planning on getting married next year, don't. Just kidding. Because <laughs> I need a break. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love weddings. They're fabulous. Um, we have a wedding this weekend. And I found the perfect dress. And when I say the perfect dress, I, I think I sent it to you, Hannah, the teal one. Yeah. Okay. But you didn't it back? So did I take it back? Yeah, I thought you sent it back. Oh. So I sent back, okay, this has been a little bit of a debacle. Three schmitzas. First schmitza, I decided to get this really hot, like Barbie pink dress. Shows up in the mail. It's a little too much. Too many sequins. It didn't look like it had that many sequins in the photo. But I'm like, no way I'm going to this wedding. And I don't know. I, I would have just felt uncomfortable. In a picture, it looked fine. In person, it looked very different. I will say I wore a hot pink dress to a wedding one time. And I got so many compliments on the dress that I almost felt guilty because... It was a small wedding and I was like, you're not supposed to be complimenting the people that are theirs dress that much when the bride is there. But you I've know seen what I mean? those photos. That was a beautiful dress and that was it the right It is a beautiful move. dress and it felt great to get these compliments, but I also did feel weird about it. I did. I was like, this is mm. the bride's day and this color is too bright. I shouldn't wear this color again <gasps> to a wedding. You know, I, I think there's a time and a place. And from the photos that you showed me, I would argue that that was the time and the place for you to wear that. Well, I appreciate it. Maybe I just was more colorful than everybody else. So I stuck out like a sore mm. thumb. You know what I mean? Like a sore Barbie thumb. This would have been very relevant for me to wear if it was 2023. Yeah. I could have been doing my Margot Robbie impression, but it was not 2023. It was 2020. Oh. So it, it was a, a glorious Margot Robbie impression before we knew that she was going to play Barbie. So just saying it. Yes. There. Yes. Um, so my first schmitza, right, is ordering this hopping dress that I, I didn't even know about that one. Uh, that's the one I sent to you. It's like it was like um, hot pink with gray, with black. I thought it was teal with gray with black. Oh, I think there was a version of it. Oh wait, um, no, I know what you mean. Yes, okay, I'm there. Isn't there some green in there too? Yeah, the, yeah, there was. There was. You know what? You're right. You're right. I'm forgetting the green that was in it. It that's was what a I lot. thought you what we were saying when you were saying teal dress, but it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. oh, it was. It was gorgeous. It was. It was, oh, it was a beautiful dress, and it would have made for a great New Year's Eve dress, right? So I have to send that one back, which was bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I sneezed. <laughs> I tried tight. to hide it in my sweatshirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> tight to you, ma'am, madame. That um, on video is going to be hilarious. Jack and I are recording this on video oh, yeah, for ourselves our only first. this week. We might do it for people in the future, but uh, you got a lovely under the chin angle of me and you got to see me sneeze if you ever yeah. get the privilege to watch this Whoa. but anyway okay so I'm back to your dress <laughs> you had this sequin dress and it was gorgeous because you sent me a picture yes thank you it, I, I thought it was excellent too great new year's eve dress in person very sequin knee sparkly good for the right wedding too i think like if it's a trendier like uh younger like hip couple that's doing like a non-conventional wedding mm -hmm. that's fancy I think it would have worked like the wedding you went to earlier this year it would have totally worked for that you are so right I think it would have worked for that wedding too but definitely for this wedding black tie very classy yep. I'm like I need to go classic with this totally all the way respect thanks dog and so second dress I order black dress and I think I said this okay <laughs> I'll be honest it looked it kind of reminded me of a graduation gown but I didn't want to say anything because you can pull Anna, anything off and you oh would have looked amazing in it but I was a little nervous oh you know <laughs> did what? it come I, in no 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 I stopped it before it could even <laughs> I just had a feeling you know when you get a feeling about a purchase you make like I had some buyer's remorse pretty quickly yeah yeah, yeah I've had that many times but next I've time I've been stuck with those options before but I know you can pull off anything so oh, it would have looked fabulous on you well, like looking back, maybe I should post a picture of this. Please do. Yeah, we'll put the, it on Instagram. Yeah. Cause it, maybe on 
TikTok if we decide to enter that Ooh, sphere this week. We should. We should. Maybe early next week. Yeah. I like it. I'm feeling early next week. Yeah. I'm vibing, I'm vibing on that. Um, so it was like this graduation. <laughs> we can show all the dresses, down. including sh- picture from this weekend. I like that. Okay. Okay. Fabulous. Well, perfect. Okay. So it was, yeah, like kind of graduation. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of graduation-esque, except instead of having a graduation cape thing, just start to rip that apart kind of, and make it look more like a spirit Halloween costume with, <laughs> oh, I mean, no. it kind of does. It kind of did though. It's okay. It was a little like Harry Potter robes, but like half of it looks like a dress and the other half looks like a Harry Potter robe. Sometimes I'm on the money and sometimes I am not on the money. Well, you didn't, you changed your mind. Cause I will say it was very funky and I do think you could have made it work, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those dresses that if you get pictures from one angle, you would have felt really bad about one angle and the other angle would have looked fabulous. You know what I mean? I'm not sure you could see any angles on me really. It was just a (laughs) blob. The one side that had more like the arm showing that would look really fabulous in high fashion. And the other side, if you got a picture of people might think you're graduating from high school. Very true. And that instead of wearing the classic um, decorum, I decided to go with something very funky and I used my scissors I had at home to craft it into a fashion runway model dress. So I'll put it up there. So that was Schmitza number two. That reminds me of, was it, Cadet Kelly or something where they make their own clothes for the ball or something. Like there's some movie from our childhood. What a girl wants. a vague memory. No, because she doesn't make her clothes. She just goes and buys them. Well, no, remember in What a Girl Once, they gave her that ugly ass dress. Oh yeah, you're right. She cut it up and like made it into her own thing. Except this is a story where I, I would have cut it up and it would not have been no yeah. boy now. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of the Cheetah Girls when they have all those like cheetah girls. uniforms that they turn into those like tacky outfits that were like supposed oh. to be cool, but they were Disneyified, so they really were not mm-hmm. cool. Even at that time period, we were little and we still could tell they were kind of tacky, you know. We thought they were cool, but we did. We anyway, did they were continue. Cool. Your schmitza. So, uh, my schmitza. So before the the thing even got here, I was like, I can't do this. I had a feeling inside of me that was like don't get the dress, Jackie. Do not get it. I listened to that feeling and I'm glad I did because I ordered this beautiful teal dress. Ooh. But I ordered it on July 12th. Oh no. Today is July 25th. I still have not received it in the mail. The wedding oh my gosh. is Saturday. Get Where'd this, you order right? it from? Do you feel comfortable saying this on the I mic? I do. Dillard's. Oh, okay. And, I don't and think I've ever ordered from a department store. Uh, neither have I. And I think that's where I went wrong. That's where I they went have wrong. great options though fabulous and so i decided to call um and that wasn't super helpful i decided Ugh. to call again this is about a week ago and then that wasn't very helpful so i called for a third time i was pleasant all three times um Im- impressively and essentially i said you are going to need to send me a replacement dress hopefully the replacement one comes before because i'm pretty dang convinced that it's lost in the mail it's it's going through usps too and not ups so it's bouncing around, basically. Yes. It's bouncing around, as they like to call it, on the site, the network, which is very vague. Sounds like it's very streamlined. But the network, I don't think, is working. I would say so. Because that's a long time. So um, I'm going to hope that it comes in by Friday when I leave for this thing. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a backup dress. Yeah, that's smart. 
but it's unfortunate because I've just I have all the, I have the earrings I have that sucks. all the accessories and I planned this out for a while so Ugh, that sucks I know I have faith it's gonna come in and this is of all bad things that I could talk about this is this was not too bad it's just sure us but fashion you know it matters and you had an you had a vision and you don't want to compromise that vision I did have a vision you're right you're very right you should uh, get a backup from like uh go to like uh, Nordstrom Rack or Saks Off Fifth and Buckhead because that's where I always get my dresses and they're not going to break the bank and then you can just return them if you don't need it. Dude, you're right. I'm probably going to end up doing that. Um, yeah, especially if you don't want to wear it, then it's not worth like trying to. So true. So true. Do too much. But I'll keep you Fingers updated. crossed. Prayer sent up. Uh, teal yes. dress. Come to the Pruitt household. They're I calling know. for you. Uh, I'm calling. I'm calling Dillard's. Sending out that SOS. SOS, please. Oh, man. Uh, so tell me about your schmitza. Yes, my schmitza. So my schmitza is pretty related to what we're going to talk about today. So I'll just say it very briefly. But I went on a vacation for my one-year anniversary, and it was super, super fun. But after I come back from vacations, I always have this like intense feeling of existential dread. And I actually got back on Thursday of last week, but I took Friday off too, just to have the full, I needed a full week off and I used it in a way that will be in my pizza. Uh, but the whole time I just had this feeling of like, I don't know, anxiety or something. And I, I obviously felt like it was kind of like Sunday scaries, but like on steroids. And I know that's how I feel after every vacation, but I had multiple days to sit in that. And it just was like a schmeh. I don't want to go back to work and is this what I have to do forever? I think everybody experiences that a little bit when they get back to work. But that was my schmitza because I've had a very good couple of weeks. So no mm. real complaints over here. Good. That's like a good way to end out. But I complete or to begin, I should say, but to end out on your schmitza. Yes. Yes. But every time I come back from a vacation, I too have dread just of getting back to work and getting back on the grind because you get in this mindset of living la vida loca. Yeah. And it's just, I think the one thing that echoes in my head so much is there's so much of this world that I want to see. And I feel like I just saw the tiniest fraction of it. And I have this insatiable thirst to see as much as I can in this trip around the sun. And you come back and it's like, we're in this position where I'm, I have to work probably for my entire life to only take a couple days off a year and only get to see like certain things. And I'm spending my entire life at work. And it's just a sad thing to reckon with. It's reality, mm. but it's a reality that's not necessarily like really fun to reckon with when your job is not something that is your passion. And maybe it's the same for people where their job is their passion, but I would think it's probably less, mm -hmm. probably a little depressing still, but not as like, bleh. Bleh. I don't know. <laughs> But <laughs> that was gross. Sorry, everybody. I we're on camera, you guys. Oh yeah, me too. And it's just my <laughs> side profile, and so you've got my chin and Jackie's side, my side chin. So you'll see me going. <laughs> um, on that note, on the rat note, what's your pizza? <laughs> oh my gosh, my pizza, pizza, wow, 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 wow. which will be at Pizza Planet in, a, in like a month. Oh my gosh, we will. I mean, like a month and a half, but we're getting so close. Oh my gosh. We're, we are getting so close and I'm really, really excited. We need it. Oh, we do need it. Um, This past weekend, I had a lot of good downtime. And That's that amazing. made me my pizza. Like straight up, I am pretty dang thrilled about 
when I'm on the couch and your new couch oh yes I got a new couch I love it I love it y'all I went from having this um basically Ned and I got it at a discount furniture warehouse right after we got out of college Uh, and it was the springs were broken in it because people had been sitting on it for five six years at this point and it was looking a little ratty a little nasty and so it didn't really go with the color scheme of the living room and so we got a light gray couch (laughs) I will say the old couch was very comfortable. So of all the like bargain basement couches you can get, it was great and it served its purpose. But this new couch is gorgeous. And you you got some alone time and you got downtime on this beautiful new couch. It had to feel good. It felt really good. And so when I think of a, a pizza moment, that is the moment that I think of. Was there any media you were consuming that brought you joy? Sex in the City. Oh, what a show you actually texted me about that and then I watched it that day because I wanted to watch all these movies I anyway I had aspirations but I just couldn't focus because of this like existential dread slash couldn't stop thinking about Oppenheimer mm. and ooh, I just ooh. like my brain couldn't stop so I was like what can I watch like Sex in the City oh, Sex in the City is such a good one too because it, it really is my cozy show so good what I mean by that if I feel like I don't want to be feeling any of the things mm-hmm. and I want to watch and absorb what they're wearing, where they're living, what cool bars are they going out to? Like, what are these cool? I just get outfit inspiration. I laugh. Oh yeah. It's wonderful. I'm convinced that probably 70% of Carrie Bradshaw's wardrobe will never go out of style because it was so itself and unique. There are some outfits that are a little bit like early 2000s in a bad way, but for the most part, like what she wore is just amazing. The entire show. Outstanding. They did an incredible job. And I've even been looking at some feeds of Sarah Jessica Parker when she's at award shows or street style. And I would argue that her style she wears now and has for the last... 30 years is even better than what Carrie Bradshaw wears and Carrie Bradshaw's clothes are they're amazing cool man both of them are great um Carrie you know she's annoying in the show sometimes but I do love her and her fashion is amazing so Sarah Jessica Parker she's absolutely stunning when I watch that show I'm like you are just like rapture rapturously beautiful something about the hair it is the most unique hair it's amazing You'll think this is funny. Yesterday, I sort of curled my hair to kind of look like that. Yes, like, no, that's not funny at all, but you have similar hair, so you can get away with that. And people kept saying to me, like, oh, it looks like you curled it, but you didn't. It looks like Beach Boys, but you didn't. And then Ned was like, were you trying something new? And I was like, I was trying to be like Carrie Bradshaw. Gosh, did you take pictures? No, no, I didn't. Oh, man, next time, please let me know. Next because time, next time. She, yeah, she's got the look, even when she has it straight. And it's something about her color is always amazing, too. Like, her colorist, whoever you are out there, I would just, like, kiss the ground you walk on because you're very talented because her she hair is always looking. so well, too. It's, yeah. It's she's amazing. aging so well. She looks amazing. Oh, she, so the new show, have you watched any of it? So I watched the first season. I'm on the second season right now. I I have my qualms with it. What I will say is I did not at all like the first season, but I watched it because I was like, it feels slightly comfortable, but also not because it's really different. But I would say after like the first, I don't know how far you are into season two, after like the first couple of episodes, I feel like they're hitting their stride back into a spot that's like very Sex in the City-like. It's not trying to be something super big and like talking about all these things in life that are crazy and 
they're changing and like Miranda storyline was so big and sex in the city when it's best is just about the stupid, like small things in life that are not that big of a deal day to day. And they're back to that. And I have been like laughing out loud the last couple of weeks. Okay, good, good. I need to get back to it. Then I think I'm only the first four episodes in. So it might be right around this time. Yeah. It's not the same as before per se, but it's getting incrementally better, I think, which has been nice because I'm like, I I want to consume some new Sex in the City. I love being with these characters. Yes. It's been great. Oh. Carrie's been very carrying, which is like good. Because oh. she's not, you know, too sad about Big anymore. Like she's moving past that. That was like such a shadow. And it, it makes sense. But it was mm-hmm. very like depressing first season, I feel like. Yeah, extremely. That show shouldn't be very depressing. Mm-mm. No. It's to help you get your mind off of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they lost the man, who was always the funniest, like by far. So that was always, a, that was a huge miss to not get Samantha back on the show. But I feel like the new characters are kind of starting to fill in a little bit of that. They'll never be her, but no, Samantha's the mind, they're funny enough. <laughs> they are funny enough. Just enough. <laughs> anyway, I guess I, is that your pizza? Yes. Wrapped up in a package. That's a beautiful package. Of, a pizza of box. Sex in the city, comfy couch and rest and relaxation. Uh, my pizza, uh, funny enough, while we were in Miami, we had the best pizza we've ever had. It was so freaking good. So pizza's on the mind. Um, but my first pizza is that I got to go on that trip and it was so fun and it was just very relaxing. We kind of focused on not doing too much and just really enjoyed. I got to read, um, killers of the flower moon at the pool and just like absorbed being in that world. I love being able to just like soak up into a novel, especially one that's complicated and interesting. And now I'm very excited for the Scorsese movie that's coming out this fall and just getting very jazzed about that. And I'm just glad to learn a little bit about American history, even though it's incredibly hard to swallow about our ancestors. I think it's really important to have a glimpse into that that I didn't have before. So it was a great book to read and we just got some good quality time. It was great. That was my first high and my first pizza. My second pizza is that I mentioned that I got back on Thursday and Connor went to a bachelor party. So I was home alone for a couple of days. Uh, And I obviously love film. I've mentioned this before. I am a huge film nerd and have been since middle school, I think. And I have always loved Christopher Nolan because I, I don't think his movies are perfect or anything. But one thing that I love about him is that two of his movies, and I was texting Jackie about this, but two of his movies are like, I attribute to some of my first like film awakening of when I started to love it and fall in love with it. And the first one was The Prestige. I mean, that has been one of my favorite movies, that and Goodwill Hunting for my whole uh, middle school to now life. So like a long time, 20 years. And then, or not 20 years, 10 years. And uh, <laughs> not that old, <laughs> you guys. Um, not yet. Not, not yet, but uh probably more like 15 years. And I've adored that movie. And one of the reasons that I love Christian Bale truly, um, he, him and Hugh Jackman in that movie are phenomenal. And it just made me so interested in intricate movies with intricate storytelling and complex timelines. And that's obviously, if you know anything about Christopher Nolan, that's his MO. Like he's always going to mess with your head. And I love that. It's like a puzzle and it's a visually stunning, well-acted puzzle. And that movie was huge. And then I saw The Dark Knight in theaters. And I had told Jackie this, but I um, 
when I got back from Oppenheimer this weekend, which is my pizza, I haven't felt as inspired to just like sit down and write about a movie or think about it and have so much obsession to absorb content about it. I've just been consuming like any podcast, any article, any critic review, like everything that I can, because I just want to be a part of the conversation that's happening around this movie. I'm so inspired by it. And I, the last time I felt that way was when I saw The Dark Knight in in the summer between seventh and eighth grade when it came out. I think I saw it on opening night maybe and just was blown away by it. And I mean, everybody knows that movie is an absolutely iconic film. And a lot I of people think it's best. It's incredible. Obviously, Christian Bale was the Dark Knight, but he's he's Batman. But Heath Ledger's performance in that movie was absolutely transcendent. It changed the world. It That whole movie was just game-changing. And I believe that Marvel took off the way it did because of that movie. And I know that Iron Man and those movies were being released around the same time. I think Iron Man was 2007. But even still, that movie is the reason that we just had a decade of an onslaught of all these comic book movies because it was so successful and so interesting and different than any movie that came before it in that genre. And all that to say, I uh, am sorry for boring you about movies, but I- I'm not bored. I'm very thank intrigued. You. Thank you. If, you. if you hate movies and you're listening to this, just press uh, like three minutes forward maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good <laughs> for you. <laughs> But I, uh, my other pizza is on that note of I went to see, I did the Barbenheimer weekend. I was wearing a shirt. I do have to say this. Hannah is wearing a shirt right now that says Barbenheimer on it. It's light pink. Barbenheimer is in bright, hot pink, black outline, star studded cast from both movies um, against a, it's a lot going on there. It's like stars and stuff. I don't know. It's from Etsy. I'm complicating. I just, I think I bought two t-shirts actually. I think I have another one coming in the mail. Sorry, Connor. Uh, I just like, I told Jackie, like, I'm not really, I love music, but I'm not into music in the same way a lot of my friends are. So like band tees aren't my thing. Like I am obsessed with movies the same way a lot of people are obsessed with music and going to concerts. So why don't I get a t-shirt when movies I love come out or like have funny inside jokes about this. I was like, I'm going to want to remember this and like maybe keep this t-shirt for my kids. And they'll be like, what is this about? I'm like, well, this is about one of the most epic weekends in box <laughs> office history, my friend. Let me tell you about it. Just <laughs> ask your robot, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It involves one of uh, the most harrowing humans that has ever existed in Barbie. <laughs> And it's been great. Wow. Uh, but I did the Barbenheimer day. I got back on Thursday and I actually was planning to go to Barbie on Friday and separate them. So not go back to back. But my AC, Connor turned our AC off at our apartment before we left and we never do that. So I was very confused. It was very hot. And it's like, I don't want to be in this heat. So let me just go to the movie theater. I have time. I can catch an early Barbie showing because it's a Thursday in the middle of the day, the day before opening day. Might as well go see it. So I saw it. It was great. I want to go see it again because I feel like I was just really waiting for Oppenheimer. So I wasn't really in the right mindset. But it is the, the more I think about it, the more it sits in my head. I'm like, Greta Gerwig, you are a genius. That movie was hilarious. There are so many sequences I keep thinking about that I'm just like, oh my God, Ryan Gosling, you are so funny. Like he was hilarious. I mean, Margot Robbie was great, but, and I hate to say that the man in a Barbie movie was the best part because it's about feminism, but he, he assumed the position and committed to the plot excellently and supported the feminist plot, which was great. He was hilarious. Um, so loved Barbie. It was great. Um, wasn't like, life-changing for me or anything like it has been for a lot of other women. And I don't really know why, uh, because maybe I'm just broken, but I really love deep, dark 
interesting stories. So Barbie was really fun. And then I went to Oppenheimer and the AC was broken. So I left our apartment that was hot and then the AC was broken. At the movies, it was broken. Yeah, it went out <gasps> because there was this massive storm on Thursday and AC oh. got knocked out and then our screen was all messed up. And I have got to show you this video, Jackie, and I'll post it on our Instagram too. When they were playing the trailers for Oppenheimer, it got to the part where um, <laughs> they had just played the um, the Exorcist trailer. Did you see that one when you it saw Oppenheimer? Scary. Yeah, it was scary but They trailer. were playing that. It had finished. And then Nicole Kidman comes on to do her AMC thing, you know, um, she does the whole thing. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I think I could say every word, but that starts coming on. And then the projector is clearly malfunctioning. And this <laughs> trailer starts happening on top of or behind <laughs> Nicole Kidman. So they're playing simultaneously with the volume, with the audio from Nicole Kidman. So you see all of these horror movie scenes and like demonic children next to Nicole Kidman. And there's one part where she's sitting in the chair and there's two <laughs> heads of demonic children next to her. And you you captured it. I have it on video. The whole, the whole theater is just dying laughing. And then unfortunately the, the, um, video went out completely. It only lasted like 10 minutes, but it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I just want it to go viral, but I'm not the kind of person that posts viral content, but I'll put it in our feed and you can see it. It was freaking hilarious. And one of, one of the first times in a long time that I've been to a movie and I did go by myself because due to like scheduling conflicts and all this stuff, I just couldn't get people to go with me that night. And I wanted to see it opening day. So I was like, I'm just going to commit. And it was the first time in a long time that like, I feel like everybody here cares about this as much as I do because it was, it was the soft opening. So the Mm -hmm. opening was the next day and that was the soft opening, which in certain cities you get the chance to do. Thankfully Atlanta is one of those. Woo. It's great. I do it all the time, but, uh, I felt like it was a collective experience and I haven't had that at the movies in like 10, it's been a long time, like pre COVID for sure. And mm-hmm. even before that, it might've been college. Like when I saw American sniper or interstellar might be the last time that oh, I felt I love it. interstellar. Oh what a my movie. gosh. And I saw I that in Auburn at the IMAX theater there. Hmm. But yeah, my pizza is just that I got to see both of those movies. I saw Oppenheimer twice and I'm going to see it again. It has just been racing through my head. I'm so inspired by that movie. So inspired to thought and think about the world and think about the consequences of actions and think about progress, but is progress always good? And there's so many thoughts that come from that. And I just, one thought that I had that I'll share is, um, and I did a bunch of writing about it, was my first instinct as a woman, especially having come from Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which is a feminist movie, into a movie where the entire cast is essentially white men, like a lot of them. It's amazing. It's like this huge laundry list of all these like who knows who in Hollywood. It's just, you keep being surprised. You're like, what, Josh Hartnett's here? What's happening? I haven't seen you since I watched uh, Pearl Harbor in the sixth grade. Uh, but it's it's great. But then I step back and I'm like, it was all white men. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's like, three women in the movie and every important room was all men making the decisions. And I was like, "Ah, that's a criticism people have of movies all the time is it's not diverse enough. It's not, uh, there's not enough women or people of color. And that is a very fair criticism of movies. But I was like, I don't feel like that's a fair criticism of this movie, but I can't peg why. And then I obviously drew the parallel afterwards doing some thinking that like that was just a reflection of the history that he that was noted in the book that he adapted American Prometheus. Mm -hmm. So that is actually how our history looked. That is how the world was in the last century. It's not that long ago. And 
it still looks kind of similar today. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it's progressed, but it was just like looking at and because the movie is so experiential, almost feeling like you are a part of watching this happen in real time. And it just made me really perplexed and kind of sad that women didn't really get a voice, but also the men had a lot of blood on their hands from this story. And they're the ones making these decisions and they're the ones that have chosen to go to war. And I'm not saying men are, are bad. We would make equally as fatal flaws and in leader and leadership positions, but they'd probably be different and they'd be different flaws. Uh, but it was just interesting to watch that and be like, it's not bad that Christopher Nolan portrayed this with all these men. He was just portraying it accurately. And I think there's something that is important to capture about that and to think about and say, it's good to have diversity amongst groups that are making massive decisions about the world because it at least brings different perspectives. And there were people from different countries and there were Jewish people and, you know, all that there was some diversity there. But for the most part, it was pretty monoculturally decided. And I just think that's important to note. Yes. Wow. I was, I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> I'm just taking it all in, baby. Oh, man. So much to say to that. But that's why I think we need to do a movie episode specifically. Well, an Oppenheimer episode specifically or a Barbenheimer episode once I've seen Barbenheimer. Both. Yeah, we could do both. We We could even try to draw parallels to them, like get creative. We're not film critics, so it'll be like a a complete (laughs) novice trying to just talk about it. But you're basically a film critic. Uh, I don't know. I didn't go to, I don't know like the technical, the technicality involved as much as I want to, but all that to say. Um, It was very inspiring to me. I haven't felt that creatively inspired in a long time, which is what leads me to what we're talking about today. I texted Jackie and was like, can we please talk about our dreams for our life, for our careers, uh, for what we wanted and envisioned Mm -hmm. for ourselves as adults and what it looks like when you wake up and you realize that's not where you are and like, how did you Mm -hmm. get there and what do you do for the future? Yeah. And yeah, I just had been doing a lot of thinking about that because I am so inspired by movies and by the creation and by these unique individual thoughts that these people had, that they created these stories out of. And I've always been that way. Why did I end up in a corporate job where I'm doing something that's not at all in my complete gifting or what fills me up? Mm. And it just made me really like, it, it led into that existential dread to a degree because I was just like, I know what I'm doing right now. I can do, I can do it well. I can keep bumbling through life, but I am so, I feel like I'm losing myself more and more each day until I have something like an experience seeing Oppenheimer where I'm like, no, 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 wait, I'm still there. And I'm like shunning that person. Uh, And I have been for a long time and I don't want to keep doing that. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of what inspired this conversation today. And I'd love to just get started by going over a couple, like just want to structure this for those of you that like structure by Jackie and I sharing our initial thoughts when we think about our dreams versus the reality of our adulthood and what that means for us moving forward. Mm -hmm. And just share what we, the initial quick thoughts we have when we hear that prompt. And then after that, we'll dive a little deeper into those thoughts for each of us and kind of talk through that like we always do. Um, so if that sounds great, Jackie, I can get started with my initial thoughts because obviously I've been thinking about this a lot, which I really value the structure that you've put together because oh my ADHD I, medication, it's helping. <laughs> you you know, guys, I did a whole today, web. That's what I was doing. Cool. 
That's what I was going to say is when Hannah walked in today, she pulled out her notebook and she had written a number of things down on paper and I couldn't see what they were. I was too far away. They look really awesome. I saw some yellow highlighter, but then also there was a chart to accompany it. A, a <laughs> web. What would you call that? A, a it's dream web. Like, it's a, yeah, it's one of those like um, brainstorming webs. It's pretty elaborate. Um, that looks more sophisticated than any of the work that I've done at my real job over the no, last two days. I can guarantee you it's not. It's pretty it's thorough. Thoughts in my head that I had to put on paper and organize because my brain is so scattered. Like all is the that time. a math equation on there too? Oh my gosh, I wish there's actually a point about that on here. <laughs> oh, see, fabulous. You're, I was pretty close. I'm you on the money, the- baby. I'm on the money. Yeah, you know kick us that- off, dude, though. Kick us off. Okay. So I'm just going to say these really quickly, but my initial thoughts when I think about my dreams I had that I've hinted towards already and then where I am today and what I want for my future, my first thought is that I have this seething regret of the past decisions I've made that have been clouded by and controlled really by fear of failure, which is why I think this topic is so good to be related to last week's episode is that a lot of the real realistic qualities of my life today are so because of my fear of failure that I talked about last week. So that's the first thought. And then the second thought is just, I'm, I have this overwhelming dread of my present living a life that my present, because I'm living a life that's not reflective really of what I am passionate about or care about. Uh, I almost like feel tied to a degree and this is so dramatic, but I feel tied to a degree to like cinder blocks and unable to move in a direction that won't feel more not fulfilling per se. I'm not naive enough to think any any changes will fulfill me, but maybe make me feel more proud of my life and my choices mm. and feel a little bit more like I'm using who I'm made to be. And those are my first two kind of like, okay. oh, oh, and then the the last one is I'm also overwhelmed by the paralysis of what's next um, to get out of the present for my future. And I have some massive imposter syndrome, which we'll dig into later. Oh my gosh. I, I want to dig deeper into each one of the points that you just made. And I think that each one of those things has a profound impact on, and you mentioned this, the way that you view yourself in space and time, but expectations that you've had for your life and have those expectations played out. Is there a possibility of them playing out? And then how would I think or feel if they did not play out, which Mm. is, but not to say that any of those things wouldn't happen, but I think that there are certain passions that we have that are fulfilled in other areas of our life, which which you mentioned previously. So do you want to expand on any one of those? No, I'd love for you to hit me with your initial thoughts and then we can kind of walk our way through blending them together in the conversation. (laughs) I love it. And I, I do think that last week's episode with fear of failure and how oftentimes that can be paralyzing and I think prohibit us from feeling like we can move forward because we're so stuck in an action that took place or an inaction that took place. I took a chance on this. I didn't, I didn't take a chance on this. I said this last week, action, reaction, like I impact my life by the decisions that I make. And I, I I think I look at all of that and I don't know if I've somehow come to terms with this. I don't think I have. I think I come to terms with it in certain seasons, but that my wishes and hopes for my life are ever evolving and they're going to be changing season to season. And my dreams sometimes aren't even 
related at all to what I do on a daily basis with work and Mm. that I sort of have this again I hope it's not me being naive at the end of the day but I have this hope that they'll eventually play out and and not that they aren't playing out or not that you know I I haven't found you know certain aspects I've wanted to dream about to become reality it's just been seasonal no, I think that's really wise. And I um, I felt similarly at certain times, but never with that much conviction. It's been more of like trying to convince myself. And I think mm-hmm. I believe that you really like believe that in a beautiful and important way. But I never want that to become, what's the right word? And I know I mentioned naive, but there's a better word for it. Of, Definitely not naive. Um, like Inhibiting um, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe inhibiting. Um, I don't, I don't want that to become like where I have this idealistic fairy, like, Oh, it's all going to work out just fine. And like, la ti da, like I want to keep the realistic aspect of it, but to know that those hopes and dreams can play out in a realistic way, it just never plays out on the timeline in which I want them to play out. So true. (laughs) So true. Um, and I think something to be said about that mindset is that you probably are already seeing some of that in your current life enough to be like, I have hope for this to continue. Cause I feel like, do you feel like you're in a job that at least meets some of the criteria of something that you would have wanted in a career? Definitely. And I think in terms of people management, mm-hmm. 100%, yeah. um, and it looks a lot different, I think, than what it's funny. I, 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 when I think of what I dreamed about, I look at myself when I was in high school because yeah, that's when, of you're course. Com- totally. when you're, you're coming up and you're picking out what you want to do and what you want to be and, and all of that stuff. And I definitely wasn't when I was in high school, like I'm going to be a paid media director that did not cross my mind at all. I, at that time was like, I'm going to be a broadcast journalist, go to Georgia, do the program very quickly realize I, I don't want a lifestyle of um, early on doing the whole newscaster, you move to a small city, you know, you, yep. you build up your um, career in that small city, you work the holidays, you work, in, and I just wasn't at that point in my life willing to do that, followed by, those are very rudimentary examples, followed by a number of other things that I had identified where I was like, I don't want to do that at that time which then led me to the music industry, which then led me to pursuing marketing, which I really enjoy and find very fascinating. Um, But what's really cool to see is over the last year and a half, I've always had a podcast in the back of my mind because I love to be able to um, express myself, to talk about ideas I'm thinking about, um, to have these really compelling deep conversations and then this is an art form you're putting it to a medium and you're putting it out there and being vulnerable for people to see and I think that right there is fulfilling some of the things mm-hmm. that I've wanted to do like I'm seeing that in other aspects of my life not necessarily in like a day-to-day career if that makes sense totally no that's great um I think that's really good and I don't think there's ever going to be a job that fulfills what we 
thought was our dream growing up by any means. Like my dream, and this is related to that like seething regret of past decisions that I mentioned. Again, I'm so dramatic. I apologize. Those are my written words. Written Hannah is so pretentious. Uh, but- Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Just very matter of fact here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but my like follow up to that thought that I had written down was was the dreams that I had had. And my dream initially growing up was um, when I was in high school, I'll say, not when I was like a little kid and wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor because that's what people thought smart people did and I wanted to be a smart person. Uh, But when I got to be in high school and understand myself a little bit better, I uh, was on yearbook and really, really enjoyed editing and was like, I want to work for an editorial. And then I got to college and I was pursuing that track. Um, I had one of our advisors on yearbook in high school was a, um, she was a, she worked for Architectural Digest. She advised me to get an English literature degree. She said it's stronger than journalism when you're looking to get into that industry that they respect it more. So I went into English literature, which was great because I already loved yeah. to read and I love to write. So I was like, this will be fun. Uh, but I was keeping in the back of my mind, that's what I wanted to do. And then I started, um, I loved my major, but I have always just been so afraid of failure as we talked about last week. And it's led Mm -hmm. to me being very shy and I'm kind of just shy in general um, and not super outgoing as I've talked about. So it's never been my nature to like talk a lot in class or even I've always been intimidated by teachers because I think they are the ones that I'm afraid to fail for because Mm -hmm. they're this of approval, that gold star that we talked about last week. So I've never been really um, one to seek out my teachers, which I regret because they are some of the most brilliant people that I, in my head and in my heart, was so respectful of. And I wish I had told them more that Mm -hmm. I appreciated them and sought their feedback and sought their camaraderie and their support because I would have made better connections. So that's some of the regrets that I have that I don't think are bad regrets. I like, I think I can learn from those for the future and stop being so afraid to ask for help and Mm -hmm. to people that I'm afraid to ask to help, ask for help from, because I think it might change the way they look at me. Um, Mm. And anyway, so that's one of the failures that I see because I didn't seek out that industry while I was in that major and I worked at camp every summer, which I love, but honestly, I wish that I had had the guts to put myself out there and try to go get an internship in New York and um, either work for an editorial or at a major publisher. Cause I, I found out in college, I love literature. I'd love to help people write their books instead of writing my own. I think I'd be really good at that. But I was never, I was always so scared to try because of imposter syndrome. So anyway, that's like the main thing that I think has held me back. And I'm in a job now that is a great job. It's probably the best job I've had um, after leaving working for camp. And it's a great company and I work with good people, but I just am in a position that doesn't use anything about me that matters to me. And I don't know. I think that's why, like, I have other things in my life that I love and my life as a whole I love. But what I'm doing with most of my day and most of my time is like anti me. And I am um, starting to feel like I've been feeling this way for a long time, depleted by that. And I've been able to stay in it because I have a great team and a great manager. And I can, as I said last week, I learned to put on a lot of masks to pretend to be a lot of things. And I do a good job of that for a certain extent. And then after that, I just can't do it anymore. And that's kind of where I'm finding myself today. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think about going to take another step. And then I get massive imposter syndrome. So I'll get like a little burst of energy to look for something else or to go to school or something. Yeah. I get afraid of what might happen. Like financially, I'm terrified of that. I get afraid of 
the fact that I may not be able to hack it, which is like the main underlying fear. So anyway, that's like my dream. And I think maybe is a difference between us and I might be reading this wrong, but your job has at least a couple of things that you're enjoying that feel like they're hitting that part of your soul that was made uniquely Jackie. Is that right? Like just a couple of things. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would definitely say that it, it does hit, hit a lot of things um that I enjoy and that I find intellectually stimulating I think that the last few jobs I've had I have not been intellectually stimulated and that has been really a challenge for me I need a problem every day and I need to be working towards solving it and if I'm not doing that or I'm not strategizing something I'm not using my brain to the best of my ability and I become bored very easily and so I think that that's what's been really great about this job is that I've I've had the opportunity to do that and I'm excited about it. And I work with a lot of really, really incredible people and I'm very lucky that I do work with a lot of cre- incredible people. And I think that at this point in my life is in this season is what is making this job um, really, really great for me at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, I have some serious serious I've had some seriously crazy crazy jobs prior to this one where people were just horrible and I was bored and I didn't feel like I was using the gifts that I'm given but I really do think in this job I am able to use my gifts which is great but that doesn't mean that I'm not um in ways dreaming of like how like what could I add to like my plate that would help like in enhance my experience or like what's like a challenge that I can take on that's gonna make me feel like I'm having more of a intellectually stimulating day or week um which has been really awesome so that's pretty great but I would say that I'm always I I I too am a dreamer and I'm like what does five years look like from now? What does 10 years look like from now? Yeah. But that can change for me season to season. It's just, I I'm tr- I try not to be like, oh, that person's doing this thing. I should be doing that thing. Or this person's ahead of me in this way. See, I, I'm so competitive. And I know you share this with me too. That I, the, the game of comparison really can paralyze me. And that's when I get the center blocks because I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be at this point in my life. Or why didn't I make that decision to go this direction? And really in those moments, I've gotten a lot better about stepping back and being like, the experiences I have, though challenging at times, and though it wasn't how I pictured, have added a lot of value to my life. And they've added more value, I think, than I'll even realize for what I'll use for future situations. And I've tried to let that be the main narrative. And that's the loudness that's in my head. Because I think if I'm really to sit back and to think analytically about every single decision that I've made leading up to this point, I would be very overwhelmed. And I've and I've I've been there. <laughs> it's incredibly overwhelming. I believe it. Oh jeez. Well, and you know, for me, like a lot of the decisions I made, I worked for a nonprofit and made very little money out of school, and a lot of the decisions I made were motivated by trying to be financially stable, and that got me to where I am, honestly. That's why I am where I am. And it's why I haven't wasted years, but it's why I've been in jobs that have been 
jobs I wear masks at for a long time now. And that's okay. I think that happens to people all the time. I think people can do that for their entire career and be okay. I'm just not one of those people. And it doesn't mean that today's the day that I have to stop. Like, I think I can Mm -hmm. keep doing it, but I don't want to forever because it just makes me sad thinking about like the dreams that I had. And I, yes, I have imposter syndrome, And what I had written out about my jealousy, when you talk about competitiveness on my web, I had um, (laughs) my thoughts after Oppenheimer and then an arrow to, um, it it was overwhelming, astonishing, and inspiring. Uh, It led me to like being inspired for artistic expression. And then the things I wrote from there is like, when I feel that I want to discuss concepts and ideas, then I also desire to be creative in a lot of different ways. And then the last one was massive imposter syndrome. And from there, like my, <laughs> the things in my head, every time I think I'd love to go to film school and learn about that, I think it's too late. I could never, I'm not smart enough and I lack real talent. And then from there, I also have jealous, I'm jealous of people that had a clear path that they followed and were passionate about and never let fear inhibit them. And they got into it in a time where they like didn't waste time is how I feel sometimes. Like I, I want to be in one of these things, but I'm lost so much of my life and time that I'm going to have to take a million steps back in order to go forward. And that's scary. Um, and, and then I just realized like, this is truly the trap that keeps me from ever trying anything Mm -hmm. new, uh, which I talked about on last week's episode is that fear of failure. And it's like Mm -hmm. a cycle for me. I run through that whole cycle all the time and I don't know what it is about me that I just like can't move past it. Well, first off I do, I want to take a red pen and I want that, take that piece of paper and I want to go to the part (laughs) where you're like (laughs) saying all these things that when I'm hearing you say them, I'm like, well, that's not true. That's the biggest lie. Like, and again, it's so easy to lie to ourselves and it's so easy for us to see this one part of this person's life that I see on social media that they're telling me about. I have no idea about their other experiences that I probably would not trade for my own any day. Yeah. And like, no one's talking about that. So I, Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, maybe there are people that followed that path and their life isn't perfect. Nobody's life is, but like it probably was great for them and that's awesome and they should be rewarded for that. And I just need to stop being so afraid to start something later in life. I know people do it a lot, but in my circle and where I've lived my whole life, you know, like where I've, the circles I've been in in my life, that's not something that people have commonly done around me. So I haven't seen it modeled. So it's extremely terrifying for me. And I'm obviously have this massive fear of failure that I'm trying to conquer. And like, that is like the ultimate peak of the idea of failures, like stepping out of a career that's stable to a degree, Mm -hmm. as stable as any career can be and into something that is like a total risk, Mm -hmm. but could lead to amazing reward, high risk, Mm -hmm. high reward. Right. I had a friend that used to talk about that all the time, (laughs) especially risk, high reward. If you like talking about it when it came to dating, uh, made so much fun of him. (laughs) That's really funny. That's really funny. Yeah, we made so much fun of him for that. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. That's just what's been top of mind for me this week. And it's, I don't have any wisdom. I obviously need wisdom from people. I went through career counseling and it confirmed everything that I said Mm -hmm. um, that I'm in the exact wrong kind of job and have been for years now and that I should go into a creative career. And basically all my tests said the jobs that you want are not jobs that will ever be high paying because you're in it for the altruism. You're in it for the creation. You're in it for the creativity, which I've always known has been a part of me. But truly until I went through that, I thought that that was like, I was a total scam. Like I, or not, 
a scam. That is the wrong word. What I felt like <laughs> is a fraud. <laughs> I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Um, <laughs> uh, and I still feel like that all the time. Even when I'm in those movie theaters, I'm like, I know I probably know more than half of these people. I went to the Plaza Theater in Atlanta once and mm-hmm. I am just like dressed more like a girl who goes to the gym and is not super hipster and has like a different kind of style. Uh, and I felt like because I didn't look like everybody else there that there's no way that they would take me seriously to be a part of their community. And I just am so quick to read and read the room like that and then just say, I don't belong in this room. Yeah, I don't know. Geez. Like, I don't know why, man. I don't know why. Mm, I think that I, I too share share a form of that in in a lot of ways of imposter syndrome or feeling like I don't belong in an area or a space because of differences that I can just see on the surface and I can't see much below that and I immediately make an assumption or an inference where I make a decision in that moment and it's really hard to get out of that headspace. But one thing that you just mentioned that I thought was really interesting is you said, when I'm, you said, not this verbatim, but like a form of this, when I look at people in my life who followed a certain path, like I, you're like, you know, maybe I should have, should go that way, or, you know, they seem to be happy and so on and so forth. But I see you as someone who like goes against the current, who goes against the grain, who's different, who stands out among other people that I see. So I really do see you making decisions continuously throughout the rest of your life that are going to be what is best for you, what is best for your family, what um, what answers your kind of, you know, wh- what, what speaks to your dreams, what you will always be doing that because that's who you are. There are a lot of other people who are going to check boxes and that's what's going to be good for them. And they're going to share, look what I've done. I pursued this. I've always wanted to pursue this and it's going well for me. Well, you're going to go on a path where you're like, you know what? I tried this out. I thought it was good for me in this season. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go to something else without thinking about what really making a decision and getting past that. This is what everybody else is doing. Like I see that happening for you. Well, thank you. I think the the hurdle is that I've never let myself actually do that. My decisions have never been motivated by what I actually think is good for me in the season. It's been motivated out of trying not to be in a place of fear or like, like I said, like motivated by fi- financial fear or motivated mm-hmm. by, that's really been the, the biggest one of where I am today. And that's a reality that is like so real in the world. But there were way, I, what I'm saying is I, I don't think that anyone who's checking boxes per se is super happy, but what I mean is they're at least progressing in their career and the thing that they had wanted to do. And I so wish that I didn't have to go back and start over again because starting is so hard. It's just hard. And I'm just, I get emotional because it's very scary. And I don't know if I, I want to have the courage, but I don't know if I do. And that's like, but I don't want to waste my life and my talents that I think I have. I, uh, people tell me I have, but mm-hmm. I like, I just, I don't know. I just want to make sure that I can step out and do something. But every time I try, I go mm-hmm. back and I don't follow through. So, well, you've got me here to remind <laughs> you that you can keep trying and you can, oh God, I'm getting emotional too. <laughs> I, think I would cry about this, but it really is something that has been so deeply a problem in my life for like a decade. And I, 
I don't know why, like if people say that I am these things or I can, can be these things, why I can't see that about myself. Um, Mm -hmm. it sucks. Yeah, dude, it freaking does. It freaking does. Um, I appreciate your vulnerability because I love you so much and you're so freaking beautiful and so freaking talented. And I want to tell you this forever and ever and again and again every single day. And like, it's a journey. Life's a journey and it's a progression. It's a progression. And how I'm watching you live your life out inspires me. Thank you. I don't know why. Like seriously, if you feel if you feel like you're not making action or you're not moving forward, you know, I I have the opportunity and the blessing to get to see you so so much um during the weeks and and what a gift that is cuz you've made my life so much more beautiful. And so I <laughs> It's so sweet. But I hate I hate to hear that you are feeling that way on the inside because like I'm watching you touch all these different people's lives, even when you feel like you're stuck to cement blocks. Like when I look at you, I see you moving. Thank you. So I just do because I love you. Thank you. you. I love you too. And you know, it's like that's I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that this time doesn't feel it's I don't feel like my whole life is wasted at all I love like my outside of work life I really am grateful for but I do feel like I have there's moments where I feel like I have so much I want to give in my time and in my day and feel proud of my work and I have not ever really felt proud of my work except for when I was in school and I loved what I studied. And I hate that I didn't pursue that. And I don't want to sit in that. Like you said, like it's, there are things in my life that are still a reflective of that, of mm-hmm. those things that I, I love and thus other people can see that and it, it affects them. But I just want this year and the next couple of years, and Connor and I both have talked about this a bunch, to be about taking the bold moves and trying to actually do something about it. Because I really have followed that pattern where I just am too afraid to step out. And I don't think people necessarily judge me for it, but I know that people that have known me for a long time have definitely noticed that. And they're right. And nobody said it to me, but like they'd be right. And it's been because I'm afraid, but I don't want to continue that pattern anymore. Like obviously this podcast is a huge step. I would have never done this without you. Seriously, I would have never done this without you. I wouldn't have done it without you either. (laughs) I told you that I would to do it with me. Yeah, I'm terrified to be seen, but this is an environment where like what I'm saying right now, some people out there might listen to. And that has never been something that's been easy for me, but it's it's a stepping stone for me to step into whether it be go get my master's or go to film school, which I think is what I would love to do. Uh, I never dreamed I could be a part of the film industry, like never let myself think that big. But now that it's in Atlanta, it's like, why not? Uh, right. Hopefully the strike gets resolved and then I can reap the benefits. Um, there you go. <laughs> but like, you know, like Connor's also going through a similar crisis and it's kind of scary, but I just am hopeful that we can start living in that that kind of scary in between phase where you're taking risks to see the reward and to see the reward for my friendships because it's going to benefit other people, not just me, and also our marriage and our family and all of that. And I just, 
yeah, it's just been top of mind because everything that inspires me is nothing I spend 90% of my day doing. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like a huge, it gives you a huge appreciation for what you love and care about because you're longing for it so much. And that feeling part of it, you know, like put my fingerprint on it. Oh yeah. You're like, this is so a part of my identity that I can't not pursue this. And like, and you know, some, some, another angle to look at it is, you know, yes, you could have gone and hindsight's always twenty twenty. You could have gone totally. and done this, but going through this season now, it's, it's likely that you have, and this is, you know, the hypothetical, but it's, it would be likely that you would have a greater appreciation yeah. for what you identify with, especially after going through your twenties and going through this tumultuous time of learning and having people come in and out of your life and having, being inspired, what inspires you? Like what gets you on fire? Like the fact yeah. that you get to come back to that is like crazy cool. Cause, cause some people enter into that and they go, well, what if I had done something else? And they're always wondering. I think you're right. And I think I maybe would have always wondered what would it have been like to work for the church, which I did. And I learned that's not for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I maybe would have always thought about that. So I did get to check that off and say, I really enjoyed it. I love the people I worked with and loved what we did, but it just isn't for me long-term. Um, and now I think I really will appreciate if I get to even be involved at all in any of these industries that I've just beloved and they've given me so much, like any sort of writing or media or, um, specifically the film industry, but those things have given me so much. I'd love to just give back if there's anything that I can give. And, you know, I think about, you make such a great point because when I was coming out of college, I was still very sheltered. I obviously didn't have the courage and the, the, um, I didn't have the confidence to have been successful in any of these industries at that time. There's no way I could have. Um, and I also didn't have like savvy about the world or any understanding about how anything worked. And I think (laughs) like for a creative type mind, it's helpful to at least have experienced more of the world than I did in, in a very like beautiful, but sheltered environment that I did. And yeah, yeah, I could have ended up working for a Christian studio or something. And that would have been, yeah, something (laughs) that that would have been something (laughs) it would have been. And (laughs) yeah, I'm sorry. I I appreciate the work you guys do, but you would, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, my taste is too dark. Well, Yeah, I've seen The Exorcist too many times. No, I'm just kidding. I've seen it with uh, Nicole Kidman as a cameo too many times. Yes, yes. I can't wait to oh show you that gosh. video. I cannot wait to see it, and we're going to post it, and, and it's going to be amazing. Um, but there are times, like, I kick myself even for staying. I, st- I mean, I stayed in my first job for – Yeah. You know, before I even get into that really quick, though, I will say this. I did think of this right before I thought of this. Oof, I'm all over the place, but sometimes like I do think to myself, like it is only the beginning. And I think, I think that, um, you know, it's like the first day of the rest of my life. Yeah. Or it's like, or it's not, maybe I die tomorrow, but at least if I make a bold yeah. choice towards something that feels true to who I was made to be today and I die tomorrow, I'll be more proud of myself mm-hmm. then. Completely. Yeah. And that yeah. bold choice doesn't have to be like a career change for those of you out there that maybe are in a similar place for as me. It may not be like for me over the past couple of years, it, I haven't been able to think about even making a change and I probably won't be able to make a significant change for a year or two, um, just with timelines of thinking about maybe one day having kids or something along those lines, if we're blessed to be able to do that. Um, 
there's some timelines involved, but I'm going to start planning towards that. I already sort of have over the last year. So I am proud of myself for doing that. Uh, but that being said for you guys, it might be a totally different thing, like starting a podcast or choosing to pick up another hobby that you love. And your job is something that, you know, you feel okay. in. it's not making you feel like an, like a fraud, <laughs> uh, but you feel, you feel like you can sustain it and you can find joy outside, um, in ways that make you be able to sustain it. I've tried that and that's not going to be long-term possible for me long-term. I can mm. keep doing it for now. I know myself well enough to know that. And if one day it comes to a point where like my mental health is so bad that I have to make a change, then like, I know I have the support of Connor to just quit that day. So, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be fine. We've got, we think we have a, a huge support network of people that we can, lean on. And I don't take that. I probably have taken that for granted, but I, in this situation, I'm very grateful and also so reminded that not everybody has that, but yeah, yeah. that's my, you do that, my thought you about that. Up, you call me up and I will leave work. <laughs> I have to in with you and Ned. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. We'd have so much fun. <laughs> we really would. My, <laughs> that makes me think my parents and their best friends, um, my mom's best friends at the the woman and the other couple. The same. She <laughs> always joked. She was like, let's move into a commune. She just like wanted I mean, our family yeah. to live in the same house. And the whole time I was like, that'd be kind of fun. It would be weird, but it'd be kind of fun. It would be weird, but we'd make it work and it would be so fun. Oh, we'd make it my work. Gosh. Oh man. It'll be, you know, this next couple, this next year will be weird or different or whatever for me and Connor both. But I love that mindset that today is a new day. And no matter how much longer I live, because sometimes I think, well, yeah, but I don't have that much life left. So blah, blah, blah. I don't have time to get successful, but it's not about the success. It's about not kicking yourself for pretending you're somebody else for eight hours a day. Oof, yeah, man. Mm. And I think I get really caught up in the success mentality. Same. Oh, well, like, we're God. both so like success driven. And Very. we just notice how much people value success. And I think that that's why I want it because I think people value it and it makes me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. Which I'm just like, at the end of the day, sometimes very frustrated with myself and appalled that I would even think or feel that way. But it's so ingrained in a lot of the resources, I think, in culture that I absorb on a day, daily basis. Oh, it's everywhere. It's unavoidable. It's like, it's going to be like a full-time job for me to keep reminding myself that's not what it's about. And like hearing your words echoed, today's a new day. It's a start of the, the next season of my life and oh, yeah. sayonara to the last, let's learn from it and then put it in the backseat. Um, and Completely. I'm just going to have to hear your words on repeat because it's going to be really hard for me to silence that success voice. It just takes like, it just gets quieter and quieter because you just get louder and louder and you have to you show. Have to. Because yeah. I've thought this whole time, like obviously I grew up, I mentioned I, idolizing like Christopher Nolan or all these directors, like Greta Gerwig's another great example, um, Martin Scorsese, all these people that I am very, have grown up admiring. I think like if I can't be as good as them, then why would I do it? And that is such the wrong mindset. Like, but that's just how I think. And that's where the imposter syndrome comes in. It's not the imposter syndrome necessarily of, I can't do that at all. It's like, why would I do it if I can't be good at it? And that's so messed up. <laughs> I, no, hey, I'm the same way though, man. I'm oh, always so thinking funny. about how can I make this the best thing ever? Oh, Which dude. I think is a great way to be, but we can get carried away very quickly and swiftly. I think it's good when it's channeled in the right way and it's put into perspective of it's good to want to be the best, but this doesn't define my level of significance or value in the world. Which I struggle to remember. Yeah, dude. Ooh, man. And it echoes deep. 
Ah, it really does echo deep. It's like, how can I be the best at everything? And this echoes, I think, a lot of what we spoke about last week. Yeah. Um, how do I be the best? What happens if I'm not the best? And it kind of yep. present every day with, I'm going to try my best. And my focus really needs to be on my passions, taking care of myself, my mental health, moving forward, progressing. I'm moving like moving yeah. through feeling like I am moving. I am going through this. Yeah. And just thinking like, even when I think about those directors I named the best in quotes is still subjective. There's no real, I mean, there are certain quantifiable things. Like I was jealous after watching Oppenheimer. I told Connor, I'm like, I'm jealous of people that have the kind of intelligence that's quantifiable with mathematics because I don't enjoy math. I just don't like it. And it was never my strength. And I am kind of jealous of people that it was their strength because you can quantify how good you are at something in math and you can't really do that in anything else in the same way, which I love the abstract. So honestly, it's probably for the best because I, <laughs> I'm like really into abstract thought and everything. And like, that's what I love. And that's where my intelligence is. But I just like, kind of envy being able to be like, here's the exact reason I know I'm smart. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. And I can put it on paper and prove it yep. and have, yep. I, I totally resonate with that. But yeah, this whole failure conversation from last week and then the conversation today are so in conversation with each other. They're like, I think my struggle so deeply with this, if you've listened to the other one, it's like listening to two of my therapy sessions because you can put together the reasons why I feel this way and probably same for you. And I know you were about to talk about your first job and I want to hear oh, about yeah. that. Most definitely. Yeah. And I think that that had a large impact for many years on fueling what I thought about myself and really had me having even more of a fear of failure than I had ever had, I think, in my life at, at that point. Um, Understandably, because of the influences in that environment. Yeah, I was in a really toxic work environment and I stayed. I stayed for three years, just about. And, you know, I had people telling me, um, from the outside, this is, this is the best thing ever, you know, cause on paper, it looks like the best thing ever. If you were to just to walk up to a stranger on the street. Oh yeah. And right out of college, like, are you kidding me? That job sounds unreal. And like, she yeah. was working in the music industry. Like, yeah, of course you mm -hmm. want to work in the music industry and some like big job. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and on paper it was, and what it had turned out to be was just, yeah, the most toxic thing you could ever think of. Um, and I won't mention any specifics, any names. I won't, I'm, I'm not you allowed to. Can't. Yeah. I'm under a non-disclosure agreement, so I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, but I will, I will say that I had people really mess with my psyche, tear me down, tear me down. Um, you know, I made me to believe I was stupid, made me believe I was, I was not worthy which is one of your like fatal wounds. So they were just pressing into a wound of yours that was already existing and just opening it every day. How sad is that? And I, I bought into it, man. I bought into well, yeah, it. Yeah, because you wanted to you wanted to heal your wound and in our minds the easiest way to do that is by impressing the people that are creating it, right? Oh, completely, completely. It's and so I, natural. Well, another part of that fear element is essentially <clears throat> when when I think about okay, well, I believe one of my insecurities because I, well, I was on a high coming out of college. So I'm like, I can conquer the world. I can do anything. I just got this awesome job. You know, on paper, this looks like the best thing ever. Like, woohoo, like, let's go. 
And then, so in the back of my mind, it was always the imposter syndrome, the I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm stupid, I'm not going to ever be successful. All these Mm. things that I would never show anybody was just buried, buried under the surface. Well, all of a sudden you have these reputable people who are well known in many, many circles, um, very brilliant people who are all of a sudden, well, what I thought, and then all of a sudden, I mean, I'm not trying to roast anybody. It's perceived to be brilliant. It's a different thing. Yeah. And so I had these people speaking this narrative to me, fueling my insecurities. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, if these people who have such a high status and have such a a high reputation are going to say these things about me, oh, well then I believe them. I believe about myself. And so I was very thankful that it only lasted, God, it could have lasted longer than that. And I'm glad it didn't. It only lasted about uh, close to three years, but um, it took me a while to recover from that. And I'm finally in a place now where I know that the work that I do is good work, that I am smart, that I am capable. Yes. Yes. And it took me a long time. So I left there in COVID. So going on three years. It took me just about as long. It took me as many years, I think, as I was there to then get in a better mental health health space. I will say, though, on a positive note, that going through that really gave me a thick skin and it really allowed for me to see how I never want to treat anybody. Like Mm. if I were to ever be in a high position, if I were to ever be successful in that way, no matter what, even if I wasn't, I would never, ever like approach anybody in that way. So it's just, it was, it was, it was, I learned, I learned a lot of totally life lessons, not necessarily like how to be good at my job, but I I learned a lot of people skills. I didn't realize I needed to learn. So, and a lot of that, I mean, those people skills are a huge part of any job. That's like what's been consistent across every very different job I've had. Uh, has been how can you relate to people and can you be perceptive? That is the soft skill that comes with every single position in the world. Some more than others, but like that's huge. Yeah. It was that's transferable skill if you tell if I like had to Oof. name one for sure from that first job. And empathy even like that makes a great manager, an excellent manager. I don't think managers can be good unless they've struggled in the seat of their uh, of their direct reports before and like felt what it feels like to be low on the totem pole. Yeah. I mean, I had to get your ass kicked. So. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't physically harmed. I'm good. I'm good. Um, emotionally, emotionally get my and ass spiritually kicked. harmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Emotionally and spiritually there were damages done. Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, like thick skin, um, and yeah, I don't, I, I, t- I skip over that part of my career though. I, I think about right out of college and I do not think about it. I do not go back Good there. For you. you don't need to, like, like, like you said earlier, today's a new day. You're in a job that you find interesting. I think that's what I seek the most is like, I just want to be interested because I love yeah. to learn. I'm very, like, I'm very like, voraciously seeking information about stuff that interests me. And I just don't feel that. And so that's part of the problem. It's like, I don't, have any interest in learning about what I'm doing more than like what I need to be successful. But, and I do the research and I learn and I, I, I'm doing what's asked of me and more, but I don't enjoy it at all. And I'm not interested in it. And that's okay. Like you don't have to be interested in your job 
as I mentioned earlier, but I really love that you're finding what you do interesting because I think that's such a key to find something you can do long-term. It's like, is it at least remotely interesting to you? (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And I think I have this deep appreciation for people, for good people because I was surrounded by bad people for a long time. And, you know, well, could be good people who were in bad situations who then reflected sure. bad habits. So not necessarily bad their life. people. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the things, all the things. And so, you know, full circle moment. Yeah. I, I now really, really value and find my job interesting, which I'm so grateful for. It's like now all of a sudden, like I'm in a safe place. You know, I think of so good. Is it safe? Can I think freely? Do others encourage me to think freely? Can I, do others trust me to do work and to do that work well? Yes. And I am so thankful for that. And you're, and this is one thing I see from your job that I think is really important. And, and I know you've mentioned it, but to me, this is huge that you're able to impact other people positively and make them feel safe in the workplace. That to me is like exactly what you are made to do on top of the other hard skills that you have. And the fact that your job is interesting and you're encouraged to think and all of that, like the fact that you're able to impact other people's lives for the better is like, so what you're made for. Oof, dude, I appreciate that compliment and encouragement. I'm obviously, I'm not a perfect person. I'm sure if you're on my team and you're listening to this or a coworker. Not what I said. <laughs> I'm sure they adore you. And I, again, we're not perfect. Like, of course, there's always going to be times people are frustrated, annoyed, or questioning our choices. But that doesn't mean that they don't, for the, like, massively adore you and then occasionally have a couple things here and there. Like everybody does with their bosses occasionally. My boss is amazing though. Like, you know, my current boss is amazing. Um, You're right. You're right. See, and this is the narrative. This goes back to the failure episode we did last week. It's really easy for me to hear one thing, but somebody's saying an entirely other thing because I'm immediately like, I'm the problem before there's even a problem that comes up. I'm the, I need to make this where I spin this somehow negatively on me. Yep. Yeah, I do it all the time. I'm sure you notice. Oh, I do the same thing. And it's almost like I think I'm trying to do it for self-preservation or something. So I'm prepared when I am the problem. Yeah. But then I'm never prepared. It still hurts my ego so much when I actually am. But I don't know. It's this like very convoluted idea that I'm protecting myself by thinking I'm the problem. Right? It is like a weird protection (laughs) defense mechanism. Yeah. Kind of. I'm like, why the hell am I doing that? (laughs) Stop (laughs) it. Why the hell not? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Why the hell not? Why don't you do it? Um, oh, geez. It's just so interesting. I think after, you know, like you guys were listening to my therapy session. Thank you, Jackie, for walking me through it today. Um, but what really? I'm like deducing and coming out of, I'm getting better with age and maybe with ADHD medication of being able to feel the things and let them feel from ahead to my toes. Thanks, Mary Claire, for that saying. Uh, and then come to a logical understanding of like what I can do about that. And I'm kind of learning from both of us. It's like, This is so important to step back every once in a while and look at your life and be like, why am I happy or why am I unhappy? And that's reductive to say just happy or unhappy, but like what's causing me to feel dissatisfied or what's causing me to feel satisfied so that you can take account of what those things are and make sure that you try to keep those in your life. So like 
the fact that you're being able to manage people, even though you have some imposter syndrome about it, even though you think you might be the problem, you're amazing at it. And I know that you are, and I know that it makes you happy to be able to support people. So like put that on the list and then put it on the list that you're feeling supported to think freely and like put all the stuff that you just said on the list. And like, I'm going to put things on my list that my list is really composed of things I've been too afraid to pursue. And that's how I know it's what I want to do. And like, that's what my list is. And I'm trying to step back and just be like, let's collect those. And then we can, every time you step back and you think about it, like every year or so, you can just edit it and be like, maybe that doesn't account for me anymore. That's not really something I care about anymore. And this is something now, but it's good to just have these moments where you think about any of you out there, uh, think about your life, think about what's bringing you joy, what's not. And not to say that you'll ever be in a place where everything's bringing you joy, but just try to protect the things that do. I don't know if that's bad advice, but it's not bad advice at all. I think having a working list. Yeah. Makes sense. Checks out. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. I think for somebody like me that can get so lost in my head and my head becomes this like swirling web of my drawn outness that Jackie was explaining earlier, this web on a piece of paper, my brain is a mess. And I appreciate that about it, but it's really easy for me to get lost and not pull down any information that's beneficial (laughs) and just end with the negative thoughts or end with the overwhelm, the feeling of overwhelm. So if I could just write it down and actually have a practical list, which I'm going to challenge myself to do, um, I think that would be really helpful. Killing it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I got really distracted and this is going to sound really random. No, say it. I have, so like, you know, after you shave your legs, so right now I'm just like playing with like the side of my leg and I found this one hair that's like so long. Oh, that's the worst. Like it's on the back of my knee. Oh yeah. And you're trying to pull it out. Blonde. So it's like, I'm sorry if I've grossed anybody out, but I got really distracted. I'm sorry. If a hair on a leg grosses somebody out, then they have bigger problems in my opinion. This is true. <laughs> like, seriously, I've got a story I'm not going to tell you guys because it will gross you out. But oh, man, like, that y'all. is my story is worth grossing out. Jackie having a one hair on her leg when I haven't even shaved and my legs have lots of hairs. Like, I, if that oh. disturbs you, I'm sorry. Did you get it? Almost. I tried to pull it off my leg, y'all. <clears throat> Still there. <clears throat> uh, I'll get it at some point. Um, but yeah, that's see our brains all over the place. They are. They really are. And that's not a bad thing. It's interesting. It makes us interesting. I think that's important. It does make us I, like, interesting. I really care about feeling interesting. I don't know why that's so important to me, but I the really individualist care about and number I four. Enneagram four, yeah, but I just like, I feel boring if I don't feel interesting. <laughs> I I agree with you. It's it's interesting. I, it, it's interesting. Aha. <laughs> Aha. Aha. See what I did there? I totally used to think, and it felt wrong for the longest time that I was a three wing too. I thought it, I was like, oh, I don't know. The two doesn't really. And then now I read the four and I'm like, that is totally my wing. Yeah. I have to be unique. I have to be special. I like, I want to achieve more than that. Yeah. But I, yeah, that's my problem. Not my problem. (laughs) Yeah. I want to achieve, but only when it's like authentic to myself. Not always. Like, obviously I've learned to put on masks and like care about achieving, but I only am entertained by it for so long unless it's about something I care about. So that's why I'm a four wing three. (laughs) Um, The perfect goodish mashup. I do though. Like I had this moment while I was doing all of my reading and thinking and writing about 
Oppenheimer, a movie. It's amazing, by the way, but you, but it's a movie. It's um, amazing. <laughs> I, I just like step sometimes. I need everybody to know that sometimes I have like, I've mentioned this, I think before the little Lizzie McGuire, but Hannah on my shoulder, that's looking down at me and saying like, why do you think you're so like, why do you think you're so interesting? Or like just makes fun of me and keeps me in check. Like I just need everybody to know that I've got a little me that keeps me in check and not in like an unhealthy way. It's like your pretentious meter is going up. You should maybe check that and then decide if you want to continue at, at your own risk or cool it down. Proceed with caution. She also wears chunky flip-flops. Which is the best. Oh, I love chunky flip-flops. I do too. I love chunky shoes all together. They are great. I'm a fan. I'm a fan too. Um, do we want to do our carryouts? Do you have anything else to say on this topic? I'm trying to think. Hmm. Any other sage advice about sage how to advice. kind of try to carry dreams and reality at the same time and accept that mm. neither is ever going to 100% change, but like how to keep moving forward? I think to have a grip on both of them, but to be holding them both loosely enough where you can still dream and you can still be in reality like be mm. present that's beautiful and that's good uh, advice like practical as well beautiful and practical thank you those two things don't always go together they don't and that's kind of what i've been vibing on the last year that kind of perspective it's like i know both are going to happen for me in different forms yep so i might as well not tighten my grip on both of them because that's often when I become dissatisfied yep. is when I'm grabbing them so tightly and I'm like I've got to catch this right now right now right now I can't let go I can't let go ah. and then if I'm just like a little bit looser with it I'm like hey so maybe this happens in six months maybe this happens in a year like I don't know I'm just like what happens is gonna happen but I do think you still you you have this beautiful mentality of what's hap what's gonna happen will happen. But I also think you do a great job of not just like thinking it's going to happen on its own and doing things strategically in your life, not massive things that are gripping hard. Like you're saying, I think you do a good job of taking bold steps when you feel like they're right. Like for instance, initiating this podcast, like doing things like that, where, um, you're able to help them along and notice when the things are falling in place and act on them instead of clinging to reality too much or clinging to fear. So yeah. I really respect Thank that you. a lot. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, I have been trying to do that. So you're doing an excellent job. I have learned a lot from watching you like actually, and like we have a lot of similarities. We have a lot of differences, but it's mm -hmm. always good to see somebody that can see what they want to do and not be afraid to give it a try. And I think you have been doing an excellent job at that, whether it's easy for you or not. I can't say that, but I don't think <laughs> it's easy on the situation. For yeah. Like, I don't think it's necessarily easy for anyone to do that, but it can become more natural, I think. And I am inspired by that. So thank you. Well, thank you. You inspire me too. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. Thank you very much. Um, I got you. I got you. Anything else before our carry out? Um, I sort of feel like that was my carry out. That's a very beautiful carry out. Thank you. I was like, well, when I think about it, that's the one I'd like to take out. That's a good take out. I support it. I think Tell mine, me about yours. Yeah, I think mine is part A, what I said earlier about making a list. Like I'm going to make a list and anyone out there that has a hard time 
grabbing their good thoughts and their healthy thoughts and their practical thoughts and putting them down on paper without them getting lost in the crazy racing mind that they have. Like I would encourage you to do the same and just hold it loosely as Jackie suggests and just like let yourself use it as a working document and like allow yourself to move and change over time, but try to protect what matters. And that's what I'm going to do. And then the second one is I am going to ask you guys to carry out doing something that you love this week. And if you haven't seen Oppenheimer or Barbie, go to the movie theater and enjoy some time to just sit in a room and not have to communicate with anybody else and like watch some really beautiful art. I think that both are very enjoyable. Uh, and anyone who doesn't usually watch movies wouldn't like both of them. So do me a solid, go support your local movie theater and you will thank me. And if you have any thoughts about those movies, I would love to engage with you. Um, or if you have any thoughts about our conversation today, we would love to engage with you. Uh, we are more than happy to talk to any of you guys about your thoughts or opinions on what we said, or just, you know, if we stirred you to think about something differently, we'd love to hear from you. So Jackie, where can they reach out to us? They can reach out to us at, oh my God. Goodishpeople at gmail.com. Oh, well, I remember the Gmail. For a second, oh. I had a little bit of a brain fart with the Instagram. Oh, I got you. Um, it's <laughs> at goodishpeoplepod. Oh, I almost Instagram. said at goodishpeoplepodcast. At goodishpeoplepod. Yeah, I think I didn't want the handle to be too long. So that's why I just did no, pod. It, that one makes way more sense. And it's very cute. <laughs> it is I like it, it. Is. you know it is what it is I and it's gonna like stay. it uh I at goodish like people pod you we're gonna post about the episode so you can comment on that with you know maybe things that you love that you want to pursue or you can just talk about the movies that I talked about and just entertain me um that would be fun yeah and also <laughs> give us five stars on Spotify on Apple Podcasts you can rate thanks yeah rate us review us uh, share us with your friends if you I mean honestly we would really appreciate it if you have any friends in your life that you think would benefit from hearing me break down about this topic and feel like they're not alone and try mm -hmm. to hear us process and work through this I would love to share my vulnerability with them it's scary for me to do that and I still care enough mm -hmm. about anyone out there that feels the same way that they hear it so please share yeah. and like review follow we love you guys we love you guys and, and now that i'm thinking about it you don't have to give us five stars if you don't want to it would give us the stars you think that we deserve but you know me and hannah both want five stars because we're after them Maybe stars gold as well <laughs> yeah can i get a gold star can i get five gold <laughs> stars okay <laughs> okay thank you next uh oh yeah write us whatever you would like but engage with our content if you like it awesome if it's not for you there's a bajillion other podcasts in the world but if it is for you and you enjoy it hit us up and tell us if you want us to talk about something else we're yeah. sorting through some ideas about some new different kind of content in the future so we're always open to receiving some ideas next week's episode is going to be on justin bieber and his keeper just kidding that's right except not but maybe one day we'll we'll run out of ideas and we'll do it sorry olivia um <laughs> <laughs> oh man you guys well jackie's birthday is next week oh my gosh it is can't wait to celebrate her she will be at a wedding right I will be. Yeah, at another wedding. Two weekends in a row. Two weekends in a row. I'll be at you a wedding. I'm really on the circuit this year. Dude, we are. We're cooking. Cooking 110 gas. miles an hour on that wedding track. Vroom, 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 vroom. Uh, yeah, good luck at those. I can't wait to celebrate you when you return. 
and just love you so much. Love and you so much. You're ah, the best. You're the, you're the best. best. You're the, the best. best. And guess what, goodish <laughs> people? You're also the best. Thank you for giving us a listen. We love you. Thanks for the support. Love you guys. Catch you on the flippity flop.